0: please consider joining our Patreon for exclusive content, cast interaction, and more at patreon.com slash chaos Now, enjoy the podcast. Three, two, one, go.
1: Punch you in the face. <laughs> Next time you say that to me, I will punch you. <laughs> Do it. Do it. I dare you dare you.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Untitled Podcast.
1: Good for you. We did it. We got through the open. Did did we? We are. We're opening. Okay. It's opened. Door's open. (laughs) So, what's up?
0: We've got a lot of cool stuff going on. Do we? We do. Okay. We have a two-shot that we are starting. Speaking of which...
1: What are you talking about?
0: That's episode five.
1: Oh, yeah. There's... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I didn't think that was going to be open, so I didn't, didn't do my thing.
1: Okay. Good enough.
0: So we, we have a two shot coming up. What um, days
1: are those? Because I only know one day, <laughs> and I'm participating in both, so I should suspect that I would know the second day, or hope that you would tell me what the second day is.
0: Thursday, May 7th.
1: Feels, feels right. The number feels right.
0: And then Thursday, May 14th.
1: Got it. So we're doing Thursday, Thursday.
0: Yes, Thursday, Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a new campaign uh, from a company called Inkplot,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, it's it's all about mysticism. That's right. And some there's some unique character classes in there. Mm-hmm. There are some uh, new, what do you call, uh, new backgrounds, mm-hmm. new uh, yep. so character are... building options, and you know new subclasses, all of that mm-hmm. stuff. It's a, I mean it's a homebrew we would call it I guess.
1: Yeah I suppose so because essentially it's D&D 5e um, overlay if you yeah. will. Yeah. You so there's it's it's also a campaign setting.
0: Right so it's a campaign it's much like a Waterdeep Dragon Heist has a module and then it also has here's all about Waterdeep. Mm-hmm. So this is a custom world and module to go mm-hmm. along with it. Mm-hmm. And there's some cool and unique, unique things in there and I imagine that these guys are going to try and try and do a level that is close to Nord Games. So we,
1: as far as quality and yeah, you know,
0: quality and that type of stuff. Okay. It's like I don't know if I would call Nord Game stuff homebrew because it's it feels it's third party. That's what it is. Yeah. Third party. Mm-hmm. So this is a third party campaign plus setting. hmm They call it a campaign guide, and I think that I want to say that that's confusing.
1: Okay, anyway, you can say that.
0: Is, I, I just did. Okay. Uh, we will, next week, on this very show, we'll have an interview with Renard. Re,
1: don't even, yep, Renault. Yep. Renault, is it? Yeah, because there's no L, how That's are you, right. you going to say it? Were you going to say it like the Renault car? Renault
0: baton Baton. Baton.
1: Oh, that hurts my He's ears. going to
0: us, Renault <laughs> Baton.
1: Stop, just don't, <laughs> just don't. I'm sure uh, there'll be links somewhere to something eventually, yes. So that you don't have to listen to Thomas kill other languages throughout yes. the world. Okay. So,
0: anyway, so that Kickstarter is not live right now. It is coming sometime mid-May. We don't exactly know mm-hmm. the specific date. Uh, this is the thing that we've pushed back a couple of times because we want to coincide our playthrough with their Kickstarter. With the Kickstarter. Um, so that that is coming mm-hmm. up. That's the news. Yeah.
1: Great, cool news, bro. <laughs>
0: half the party might die on tuesday that is our chaos agent show but you know tune in find out I love by the it. time this is out they will or won't have died it's schrodinger's foxy irregulars
1: it's schrodinger's boat <laughs> just like this virus you may or may not have it <laughs> until you're tested nobody knows you know, anyway it's I not were, how the cat, I, cat works if
0: i were to bioengineer a virus just saying <sighs> most of the infected people not having symptoms would be one of my go-to like if we can get this uh, that's half the battle
1: i understood none of that i also stopped listening when (laughs) you said i was going to bioengineer a virus my brain just went boop i'm gonna take a five minute break because god knows where this is going and i really can't care all right next segment i'm not saying anything (laughs)
0: i'm just saying if it were a thing
1: It's okay. You're not bioengineering anything. You can that, that barely. Is I'm not engineer. buying engineering
0: dinner. It's not I was about
1: saying, You're barely engineering a table from Ikea. So let's just take a step back.
0: <laughs> if only I had that Allen wrench. <laughs> then I could put the whole thing together. You don't.
1: You mean the one that I found on the table that I said, hey, here's an Allen ranch. What do you want to do I with did, it? it? And did, then it, it, where, is it? I don't where is know. it? Where is it? Exactly. Know. So now you can't put anything from Ikea together. <laughs>
0: And they don't give you one with every single thing either, so. All right, uh, what are we doing today? This is this is author.
1: We're talking about a lot of Kickstarter.
0: We're going to do the WIC. Okay. We're going to do, what What was your, uh? so we're going to do the WIC, then we're going to do a special section called the WIC- I don't
1: know, what does that stand for? But you know what WTF stands <laughs> for. I'm just not going to pronounce it. <laughs> wic
0: That's right. So so the we're going to- The
1: gonna, WIC gonna, and
0: the wic Yes, the wic <laughs> Yeah, I like it. Uh, so we're going to start off with... Uh, the, of the legit wick. Yes, the legit wick. One mm-hmm. of the big things that's coming out. We love co-op games here. That's what we like to do. Uh, Resident Evil 3, the can board I, game.
1: Can I tell you why I like co-op games? Yes, you can. Because I... We're all losers? S- yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> if, we all, if I lose, y'all lose. Well, and that's usually the thing. I'm usually not great at them until I play at least once. And then by then I'm like... Thanks, guys. So with co-op, at least I can ride somebody's coattails to the end, to a victory. <laughs> That's my philosophy with the co-op. But anyway, I'm sorry. What were you saying about I, Resident Evil 3? Uh,
0: so uh, it's zombies and things, from what oh, I understand. Yeah. So uh, I think...
1: Have uh, you ever played the game?
0: Full disclosure, no.
1: Okay. Seen a movie?
0: No. Wow. <laughs> I have, I have, you know what I have seen? I've seen Ruby play Resident Evil 2. We have. The remake. I've seen that happen. hmm um,
1: yeah, with the flashlight in the office. I remember that.
0: Yeah, and Leon and the other person. Anyway, so yeah. uh, Resident Evil 3 is um, you're back in Raccoon City. Wherever that is. Because I don't did they know anything. Call
1: it that? I don't know. That's the Full dumbest name ever.
0: I, I Honestly, I would love to live in a place called <laughs> Raccoon City.
1: You do? It's called Fremont, <laughs> California. Uh, it's another story for another time about Thomas and the dog and the band of raccoons. And anyway, never right. mind. Uh, Where were we with they this? They all
0: play bass. That's the problem with the band <laughs> of raccoons.
1: Nobody wants to be the front man in a band yeah, of exactly. raccoons. Exactly. They
0: all play bass.
1: Anyway, so <laughs> Resident Evil 3. There was a two. I haven't, I don't know if there was a one. Was there a one?
0: There was a Resident Evil.
1: Are you talking about video game? Video game. Okay.
0: I doubt there was a Resident Evil 2 board game. What? Because Resident Evil 2, the board game, is uh, basically the exact same story as Resident Evil 2, the video game. Yes. The same thing with 3. I don't think there was a Resident Evil board game.
1: Okay. Original. Correct. Og, yeah. we'll have to internet that because no, we never bothered to do that before. <laughs> there is we did this. an
0: Evil Dead board
1: game. Yeah, I, for a second I was like, wait, what are we talking about again? <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, Resident Evil board game is based on the video game, as Thomas has so eloquently pointed out. Just yes. from reading it from the internet and having no knowledge yeah. other than watching other people play video uh, games. You need
0: a flashlight. You need to find weapons. Yeah. Or you have weapons, but you're gonna run out of ammo because there's zombies and then mm-hmm. there's monsters. Um,
1: and you're talking about the board game or the video game? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. So, anyway. Thoughts?
0: Uh, do I have thoughts? Um, so when <laughs> I, no, you, I no. don't. I don't nope. have thoughts. No, so no thoughts. When, when, when this first came up, when you sent this to me, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this looks really cool. I love co-op mm-hmm. Resident Evil sounds yep. interesting. And
1: not only that, it's going to sell like hotcakes just yes. because of the IP, so it's yeah. going to go. Like, it's going to sell. It's going to sell. It's gonna be successful. Yep. yep.
0: Um, which, and it already is at mm-hmm. $550,000.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but you know i was immediately wait a minute should, is this something we should play on the channel yeah because it's a co-op game it's you know well, kind of dungeon exploring and
1: if you go to kickstarter and read the description i was like oh my goodness this could be a betrayal legacy i was like so excited again so yeah. excited
0: and then what happened
1: Mm, then we watched the playthrough <laughs> by the creators and i was like it's a much a
0: betrayal legacy it doesn't it's kind of interesting maybe a little
1: bit okay what does that mean i
0: don't know i i after watching the playthrough and, the, and everything i was disappointed and i was like eh, i don't want to do this
1: why were you disappointed
0: it just didn't seem like it was the the story i guess that i was looking for to to unfold in a legacy style
1: mm-hmm. um
0: it seemed it seemed I don't know. It just didn't seem fun.
1: Okay. I mean, there are 14 scenarios to play through. I think you unlock more scenarios, I think, as the uh, as so the Kickstarter goes down farther. You, oh, that's it. You unlock other characters that you can play. Yes. And so a lot of the scenarios are like you and... Um, scroll down, because I don't remember anybody's name in this thing anymore. Um, you and those people... You know, those people.
0: I mean, you got miniatures, so that's obviously, you know, it's one of those games.
1: But like some of the point is that you're starting in like a lab and somebody else is starting in an office and you both need to like find a thing and then get out together. Right. So it is cooperative in the fact that, you know, you're going through these rooms and it is a little bit like Betrayal Legacy or Betrayal. Um, just because you're going to these rooms and finding items in the rooms, You know, i.e. just like a video game, but also like some other board games. Um, And so as things unlock, you unlock additional characters um, and some fun dice packs and monsters and minis and whatnot. Um, So again, it's... I don't know. I mean, it's again, Betrayal Legacy has ruined games for me a little bit and the fact that it's like now it's the gold standard for me, so therefore I'm going to constantly compare it to it. Right and so it's a little less um, bright and shiny and exciting. You know, who's going to be a trader? That's mm-hmm. not a you know, right. that's not a component in here. It's more like you're just trying to beat the game. So
0: Yeah. will. And looking at this, I also thought that maybe this was also one of those room building things where it's mm-hmm. going to be different every time because you're oh, i uncovered this and it's a random thing. And this looks more like you, these are set out. Mm-hmm. There are specific scenarios and you go through them. Mhm. Uh, it, it, it didn't It didn't seem like it would be as fun. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing that I do like about it is that it has just one pledge level.
1: <laughs> don't accidentally click it. It's, don't. It,
0: it's like buy it or don't buy it, right? Yeah. Uh, but then I just saw here, it's like, oh, there's going to be add-ons, but and then you can...
1: I think that's what I really like about a lot of Kickstarters personally yeah. is that the add-ons after the fact. It's like, okay, so I've gone through some of this and I know I wanna buy it, so I'll click the button and buy. Then when it comes time to actually, you know, when they send you that first email that says, hey, so your dollar amount has gone through and then they send you like the, please fill out the survey stuff and then they give you the add-on email to go through and actually spend some time and say, okay, so if I'm realistically gonna play this, what are the things do I want now? you know, where right now you can look at the price tag of some of these things and be like, holy crap, I'm not gonna put out $200 for all this other stuff. Right. But then when you go back, you're like, mm, well, but I might want, so you end up at 150 anyways. You gotcha. know.
0: So uh, the interesting thing about this game is that you can actually try it right now. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it has a online yep. demo in Tabletopia. Oops. Yep. Where you can um, log in, make, you have to make a Tabletopia account mm-hmm. that I found out today or yesterday. Um, that you, and then the, all the pieces are there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the creators have play-play tested yeah. on Tabletopia as well, so that's where I was watching um, just to learn how to figure out how to yeah. play and to look at some of the cards and look at some of the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, look yeah. at some of the mechanics of it. And like, is it a lot of fiddly bits? No, it's just a couple of decks that you get to pull from. Okay. You know, it's stuff a, like that.
0: Yeah, it's not the full game. I'm sure it will be eventually, but right now it's not full game. It's the demo. Mm-hmm. Um, what I found interesting is that I loaded it up and looked at it, and I could click things, but I had no idea what to do because mm-hmm. it's not a video game version mm-hmm. of a board game. It's a board game. So if it were set up on this table and somebody and, it was, and I was like picking up a piece and looking at it, got it. Without the rule book or mm-hmm. any sort of idea what you're doing, it's impossible to do. So they mm-hmm. actually have a learn how to play the demo link Yep. and right if you here. scroll
1: up too i think there's a is there a rule book in there
0: uh there is a rule book okay. as well on um, reviews mm-hmm. for people that are not us
1: Strength because of. obviously we're giving it up.
0: well if they wanted a good review they would have had to have sent it to us and we would have had to have played it and had to have, would have had to have been good copy that yes copy. none of those things happened <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna ship to uh, australia as well so that's
1: good. awesome <laughs> All right, so are we done with Resident Evil? We are. Let's three? move on
0: to. Uh, I bet you
1: there's going to be a four.
0: I maybe. Okay. Let's move on to Brave New Worlds.
1: I won't sing it. I promise.
0: Um, this is. I'm gonna just click this video right here. This is, printable scenery. hmm So we. Your favorite. It. So I mean, th- other than the fact that they're in New Zealand. i no, okay, okay. Uh so printable scenery makes open lock three uh, d printable tiles. Mm-hmm. In yep. fact, they may these are um, gothic future tiles that they say, so there's you know, there's a lot of gothic elements in them, but they're supposed to be you know fans and whatnot. Um, this is what we started printing for carbon.
1: Yep, I saw none of that in that but whatever. And, Good enough.
0: you know, yeah, I, I don't know. these were okay. So one of the things that happened is when mm-hmm. when we started to play carbon, Oh, I should stop it, I should stop it. Uh, when we started stop to play okay. uh, carbon is that we didn't, there weren't a lot of terrain options
1: for us. For future
0: yeah. um, dystopian so San Francisco. So Warren actually picked up, these are cardboard. So this came in a cardboard and he spent, uh, eh, he spent a lot of time gluing them together.
1: Oh, those are glued together? Okay. Yeah.
0: Which, which you know what, the time gluing them together was way less way less than the time painting. So, Uh, anyway, so those are kind of cool, but Mm -hmm. uh, when I saw this one, and I saw specifically this type of stuff right here, uh, I was like, ooh, that's like, you know, if we end up not in, this is the stuff that's in south of San Francisco, Mm -hmm. in carbon, right? You know, in the wasteland, there is junkyards, and there are, you know, forts built out of school buses and, and weird stuff like that. Then, also
1: feels like our neighborhood. But okay.
0: <laughs> um, and then there, uh, then there's the space one as mm-hmm. well. So it's uh,
1: which actually looks very much like what Warren put together here. Yeah. Because I think this was actually a space lock.
0: So yeah. Anyway. Uh, this I mean this stuff is printable scenery as mm-hmm. well. So cool stuff. You know, it looks like they've got different levels, like ups and downs mm-hmm. to use. And then also this is, um, well, I forget what they call this stuff.
1: If you scroll down, I'm sure it'll New tell Eden you. New
0: Eden is actually what they call that. Um, I don't know if there's any scenarios on our D&D stuff that we're going to need anything like that right now.
1: Mm, I don't think so. But I know how much of a fan you are about printable scenery. Um, Again, I don't know. I kind of, I mean, to me, I like printable scenery in the fact that it helps me cheat. I enjoy it (laughs) for that element.
0: It's like when somebody prints out a whole, like, dwarvenport room or whatever yeah. and then they
1: yeah it's like how do you not accidentally know not to go right and to go left like in a, if you were playing theater of the mind so if you were going yeah. through a dungeon you would only go and the DM says you, you come to a T intersection you can go right or left that's way different than seeing scenery out on the table and knowing what's right and what's left like how do you negotiate through that and say oh I'm going to pretend like I don't know that this is a dead end that goes nowhere and nothing's on it or we might end up getting, you know, killed. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you not play through that without putting some of that out there? I mean, my mm-hmm.
0: my personal thing is, it's theater of the mind until initiative starts. Mm-hmm. Really, that's, that's where I think, even in Roll20, that's where I think it should be. You know, you don't need to see anything until we get to combat. You know, we don't need to move icons around. It's not a video game, it's role-playing. Mm-hmm. That's just my personal take. Okay. Anyway, look at that school bus made of junk. Or (laughs) a school bus made into a fort. And there's also an airplane right there.
1: Very cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I know other people completely enjoy building and painting and doing all of these things. Those other people are not me.
0: (laughs) Ah, yes.
1: But... Anyway, so, yeah, the, I thought I thought that that was interesting. Um, you know, again, it looks very much like what Warren had put together for Carbon 2185, mm-hmm. so I think that it definitely is filling a niche that may not be out there because I know yeah. a lot of, like, miniature stuff is Warhammer-type things and, you know what I mean, and just yeah. dungeony type stuff where you're really sort of, you're neglecting space, my friends. And, you know, space is a big place. Yeah. You heard it from me.
0: Space is a big place. Amy said it here first. <laughs>
1: Okay, what is next? We're going
0: to hit uh, your, your your favorite movie trope.
1: The Final Girl? The final Actually, girl. my favorite type of movies used to be horror films. In fact, I studied horror films in college. It's, it's not my finest thing. It's not the finest things that have ever come out of my mouth, but yeah. Uh,
0: so these are... Uh, so for those of you who don't know, what is The Final Girl?
1: Okay, so I'm not going to get completely into the... Uh, the Before. Academia? No, there's actual Academia. Okay. So there are, you've seen it on the bookshelf, yeah. there are books written about, you know, from academic sources.
0: Called, one of them is called The Final Girl.
1: Exactly, and it was written by a professor at UC Berkeley. Anyway, I digress about the fact of what The Final Girl represents in, okay, let me just unacademic. At this. the end
0: of every horror movie, there's one female that's yes, still exactly.
1: seen. Yes, exactly. And some of the understanding is that one female represents the prepubescent male of the killer.
0: Oh, I thought, okay. Put that in
1: your brain and, and, and sit on that for a while. Yeah, it's a little bit bizarre. So, like, the movie tropes in horror movies are if you have sex, you die. Um, if, you know what I mean, you're an athlete, you you die. Like, if you're a man, you're going to die. So there's always one final girl that's left that takes on the killer at the end. And essentially, it's one of those struggles between who the killer is and who the ki- you know what I mean, and who the killer was kind of thing. So that, anyway, anyway, never mind.
0: So uh, they've made a board game. Mm -hmm. out of um, pig, pig mask killers, and it's called The Final Girl.
1: Okay, that's a great description. So what Thomas is not telling anyone is that it is for solo gameplay, so you actually play this by yourself. Right. Which I also find bizarre and interesting because it makes me wonder how replayable is this. Right. You know, um, if I'm playing a board game by myself, that's fantastic. But once I've gone through a scenario, now what do I do? How different are the scenarios if you choose to play the scenario again? Or is it I've played all the scenarios, your turn, here you go, good luck, here's my hand-me-down. Could be. Um, but what I found interesting is that it did fund immediately. So I think I saw this two weeks ago and we just didn't get an opportunity to talk about it. But, like, it funded, like, same-day funding. Right. Um, and it's at almost 250000 Dollars for it um so so again every module you face off with another horror movie trope so there's and again there's usually like in horror movies there's like the ghost in the house Mm -hmm. actually
0: Um, kind of right here you can mm -hmm. see um so who your killer is and the location uh, of where you're gonna be so each there's a core box and then each story is called a movie Mm because it's based on movies yeah And the movie has a location and a monster monster. Mm -hmm. and a final girl. So what you can do is you can play, if you have all of them, you can mix and match everything, Mm -hmm. right? So you can have, you know, you can have Hans in the Creech Manor or you can have uh, Mm -hmm. the Poltergeist in Creech Manor. Mm -hmm.
1: Or the poltergeist just out in the woods? Why not? Right. Or a camp.
0: Yeah, camp, sunny, whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I what call it. <laughs> Death camp is basically. What,
0: what do they call it? I uh, forgot. Yeah, what I is forgot it called? Too. Uh, oh. Happy trails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Happy trails uh, camp.
1: With Hans the pig faced.
0: Butcher. The butcher. Mm-hmm. Campy camp happy trails.
1: Campy trails.
0: Yep. Anyway. Uh, so it was kind of funny. So watching through the through the video,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they were showing meeples. I was like, oh my god. These, these need miniatures. And then eventually I got to think, oh, miniatures are an add-on. And the miniatures are actually pretty cool.
1: I know. I saw the miniatures, and I was like, I think I'd paint these.
0: Uh, yeah, after you just said you're never going to paint everything, you're going to paint these?
1: That's what I'm saying is that the miniatures are cool enough that I would actually paint them, especially, like, scroll down a little bit, the Geppetto guy. I'm sorry, up. Sc- this guy? No, yeah, the other way. Actually, that's, that's the miniature. yes, that's the miniature. I would paint him for sure. Um, if I could paint, have <laughs> if I could paint or see anything small, so those are two things. Ah, uh, yes. Anyway,
0: so this I, I mean this actually looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, this is based on a game, the game mechanics, called by this by the same uh, publisher, Van Van uh, Ryder Games. Hostage Negotiator. So I watched a little bit about that, and it seems like an interesting mechanic, but I didn't fully get into.
1: What um Do what I is the mechanic? This.
0: Yeah, I didn't get fully in. <laughs> I got I got halfway through the setup and I'm like, I gotta turn myself. Sorry, Rodney, you're just not interesting.
1: Wow. Shout shots out. fired.
0: Yeah. Not Rodney, Rodney, yeah. You don't anyway. even
1: you don't even know who you hate. That's the mm. problem right there. You don't even know who you
0: uh, hate. I would here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I will watch every sit down shut up review just because it's a sit down shut up guy.
1: Fair enough. Anyway, I agree. Those poor bastards who are watching us apparently watch us just to make fun of us. So,
0: hey, hey whatever.
1: Whatever makes your day.
0: So, oh, look at these all these miniatures. Here's the gameplay take your actions,
1: purchase new thing. cards, mm-hmm.
0: killer attacks, killer be killed. Done and done.
1: <laughs> Run away. That should always be an option.
0: All right. So, let's. So, okay. So, the, those were two good Kickstarters.
1: Mm hmm. Yep. Fully funded did really well, right at the top, you yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know how long it took, you know, Resident Evil to get funded, but I'm sure it was pretty quick, oh, a pop yeah. launch. A couple you know, hours probably. Especially, Yeah, especially yeah. since this wasn't their first Kickstarter, this wasn't their first Resident Evil game, um, anyway. Right. So, I mean, look at
0: the artwork, it's mm-hmm. fantastic.
1: It is, it's I mean, amazing. S-
0: I mean, this whole thing is built out, like this is done, Yep. and now they're launching. Yep,
1: well, and not only that too, it had unique touches, like there were directors for every film, quote-unquote, nice. when I'm sure it's just, you know, the art director or, you know, the designers called yeah. the director. So, again, it was kind of well thought out.
0: So, then, so what we're going to do is is a quick little, maybe quick, maybe not, segment called The WTF.
1: <laughs> so close to saying <laughs> so it. So
0: close. Uh, and we're going to start off with... Who? Let's start off with Subdue.
1: Okay. And the reason why I looked at some of these was every week I kind of go, okay, what's new in Kickstarter? Like, let's go to the front page. Let's see what Kickstarter's, you know, saying, Amy, you should look at this. What is Kickstarter, Mm -hmm. you know, pushing forward? What are they not pushing forward? And then just kind of float through and stumble upon stuff that I find interesting. And so there were some things that I found interesting, but for reasons that they are not interesting. Interesting. Uh,
0: Subdue RPG. <laughs> it's a homebrew for Dungeons & Dragons, complete with unique monsters and lore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And... ooh. Mm-hmm. Oof.
1: So you just literally scrolled right past the fact that it's made a dollar.
0: It has made a dollar.
1: There are still From 16 one backer, days to go.
0: Don't back this.
1: I'm just saying, back it if you want to. So, uh, yeah.
0: I don't even... So this is, this is all a big wall of text, right? Yeah,
1: that's where I had had some big struggles. I tried, I really tried to stick with it. Look at
0: how amazing this looks. I mean, this is just, you know. Well,
1: also I bet some of this stuff on Final Girl is actually finished, and so some of this artwork and design is actually what you're gonna get printed. So if you go to a con or something and you play this, this will actually be in the box. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure this design is already completed
0: ships may 21 so that's sounds to me like a, are
1: you sure it's 20 but it says 2021, oh, 2021. i was like because it's anyway. May right now
0: but yeah so kickstarter you need you need artwork right you need at least one or two pieces of like this is what the finished art is going to look mm-hmm. like so that people are like wow that looks amazing mm-hmm. even if the rest isn't finished i know that this is what i'm backing mm-hmm. um this you this is what you're backing um this is very weird. So, this actually gets into some very serious problem areas for me. Okay. Uh, once you start looking into what is Subdue. Mm-hmm. So, there's actually um, a link right here, subduerpg.com, mm-hmm. and it takes you to their webpage, which tells you all about what the Subdue mechanics are. Mm-hmm. And the Subdue mechanics are once you defeat a villain you can you have certain essence or life force that you then control them and it gets very very like like i don't want to like own and control people in D D especially i just want to murder them and move on right <laughs> I, oh I good because that's so much better I, so <laughs> i am a murderer not a slave owner i mean i think that you know we can really you know we draw a moral line somewhere
1: Scroll up to the top. I can't even be No,
0: dead. but I mean, it's, you know, reading into it, I'm like, yeah, this is awful. This okay. is really awful.
1: Well, and that goes back to our conversation about do you want to be a villain or do you want to be a hero? Right. I mean, the reason why D&D is so popular is because everybody's an epic hero. You know, everybody's right. a superhero. It's not like you are an average person struggling to be a superhero. You're not a supervillain. Right. You know, it's really, you know, it kind of defeats the purpose of what, the, you know, RPGs yeah. are supposed to be about.
0: Right. Uh,
1: And then also, did you understand if it was actually a 5e mechanic? Because I got lost in here just saying that, like, for Dungeons & Dragons, is it an overlay to any of the D&Ds?
0: So, so all of this stuff, I believe, is available for purchase right on the website right now. Okay. So, I don't know. I think this Kickstarter might have just been like, I'm going to put this out so that people click on this link. Got it. So, I'm not going to click on the link. But... um, (laughs) It's just, it also just seems, even going there, I'm like, yeah, that's awful. I, you know, I don't want to make, and, it, and it's not, um, it wasn't like hirelings or henchmen from mm-hmm. back in, you know, the day where you could pay somebody, and they would follow you around mm-hmm. and help you out. It was, no, I'm going to control you, and they have a mechanic for how well you control somebody. And make them do things that they don't want to do, and that's just. I was like, yeah, that's just. And you're talking I'm about out. other. That's what subdue is. Got it. I was like, yeah, I'm out. That's just And you,
1: awful. and it's about other PCs, not just NPCs.
0: No, I mean, well, it's about, and it's about the PCs doing it to NPCs. But if the NP, if they can do that, then the NPCs could do it to the PCs. I could just see so many problems with this happening with awful DMs, or even DMs that aren't fully thinking through everything. Even big, you know, big name DMs do bad things. So, um, speaking of... So, why
1: do you think it only has a dollar? Is it because... I Because there's nothing
0: here. There's absolutely nothing
1: here. As opposed to you can just purchase the stuff? Because that, I think, is a factor. It's like, why pledge to get something potentially at a later date when I can just go buy the thing right now and just wait for shipping?
0: So uh, just right here, when a, when an opponent is subdued, a magical aura leaves the player and surrounds the defeated foe. Mm-hmm. The power transforms the foe into a loyal magical servant. Mm-hmm. The follower is loyal to death. Is immune to fear, mind control, charm, or any other spell. I'm just like no, no. Let's not control people. Okay. I mean, if you're a mind flayer, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and you're a barbarian. That's what's gonna happen. Just straight up. That's Does what
1: that sounds like personal experience. Yes. Okay.
0: All right. So speaking of. I
1: understand your hatred now. Yes. I completely okay. understand okay. what's happening.
0: Uh, speaking of. What? We're going to skip a little bit here. So okay. speaking Thank of God. being the bad guys, mm-hmm. Kingslayer is. First off, explore your evil side. I don't know what exploration is. So I'm just going to start off there. Um, this one actually had a number of backers and was pretty it was
1: 50% successful, almost, I would say.
0: Almost 50%. I mean,
1: 1,200 raised out of 2,500 is about 50%.
0: About, but not exactly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Um, yeah, and this, this was, you know, again, it's it's being the bad guy and whatever Hexploration is. hmm And definitely not final artwork.
1: Nope. Nobody nope. I think when I saw this one, I was very confused as to why this wasn't just up
0: They use the same software to create this map.
1: Well, yeah. Okay. Let's not, let's, I was like, let's, let's hold, please. What I don't understand is why is this just not on DriveThruRPG? Right. You know, I'm not getting anything special except an RPG and I could just give you $5 on DriveThruRPG and we could just be done with it. Especially since, again, this kind of looks like it is finished, you know, at least as when you're scrolling through it. Um, It looks like everything is relatively done. You know, he's got the hex maps in there. He's got all of, you know, you're showing me actually pages of text in here. So it's not like.
0: We all know pages of text means that it's done. Done? And done. It's not all (laughs)
1: ipsum alorum in there.
0: (laughs) It could be. It's very small. Although, I wonder what is Hmm. in this hex right here.
1: Let it go. I need to
0: explore that.
1: Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm going right, um, to hex kill you. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: then we have this one. This this one's doing better. This one's at
1: $4. I was always at $4 from what okay. I thought. Well,
0: I mean, it was better than the $1 <laughs> one. That's. Uh, you tell me about this one because I don't know much about it. This is Theater of the Mind.
1: Okay, so when I saw Theater of the Mind in my musing through, you know, my scrolling through Kickstarter, I was like, oh, this is interesting. It is... A voice-activated RPG that you can play by yourself. So obviously, it would be something that I would take my mobile device or my iPad or something, go sit and you know, go lay in bed, and before I go to sleep, go play some RPG. You know what I mean? Go like tabletop RPG by myself. So it was like, I'm gonna look at this. This sounds interesting. Um, what isn't interesting about it is everything. <laughs> <laughs> No, I take that back. I mean, after... Okay, so I looked at it, and the video is not polished, which is, you know, which is fine because, again, it's probably a single player trying to show me how to do this. And so the video is basically about how to walk you through the setup of the RPG, you know, and so it says, you know, you do not have a name. So he's like, my name is Bob, you know, and so it's, it kind of walks you through, like, pick up sword you know, attack, It roll dice. It tells you the instructions basically through that video and we're essentially a camera over the shoulder of somebody playing it on their iPad or like mobile device. Um, again, I wasn't crazy about it because you're not showing me anything after that. I'm like, take me to an arena battle. I need right. to see... Um, I need to see just like a couple commands, and then I need to see an arena battle. I need to see what's happening. I I need to know what it's gonna be like to play this game, and this did not show me any of that. Um, And then I was like, I was upset and disappointed, but I was like, what not to look at? I just put it in our show notes, like, don't look at this one. Um, And then I went back and said, okay, so why did I write this? Like two days later, I'm like, why did I, why was I so vehemently like opposed to this one? Because I was like, well, maybe I'm just being like, and what is it? An ableist? An unableist?
0: An ableist. Yeah.
1: Okay. Is that what the word I'm looking yes. for? Wow, my vocabulary. Just living with you by myself, I've just my vocabulary has gone to nothing. Anyway, um, so what happens if you are visually impaired and the only yeah. way that you could play? D&D is through listening to the books being, you know what I mean, the DMG being read to you out loud, and then playing an arena battle, you know, using a voice activated, like a CNC kind of, you know, game or something like that. So I was like, well, maybe I should look back at it and see if this is something that maybe it just isn't for me, Mm -hmm. but should be for other people who are visually impaired. Um, Still not feeling it. No. Still Uh just looked at it from that perspective, and I was like, I still like don't want to play this and right. if that's who is the intended audience it's kind of insulting because it was so slow and so right. clunky that i was like just let's let's keep moving again it's that let's right. get to the arena battle let's set it up let's get to the arena battle kind of thing mm-hmm. so
0: yeah and i think i mean already dungeons and dragons is um something that is accessible mm-hmm. um there are I was actually uh, uh, watching a panel at Big Bad Con a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, and you know, and there was a blind person on that panel mm-hmm. who was uh, a DM and a very you know prominent person in the podcasting space because uh, they're able to describe things um, and and use vocabulary and words that I mm-hmm. don't have.
1: <laughs> <That> obviously, <laughs> neither of us have today.
0: Um, but it, you know, so so it, it is, you know. Listen, I listen to podcasts, D and D podcasts all the time. Mm-hmm. So it is a medium that can be mm-hmm. audible only. Mm-hmm. It's also a medium that can be written. You know, on our Discord right now, there's a game being played just by writing. Yep. Um, so so I believe just the game itself lends it to be accessible. Mm-hmm. Plus, the company is um, actively trying to be accessible as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, really, the whole hobby. Yeah, so I was really disappointed with Theater of the Mind. I was hoping for great things, especially on my second, you know, second pass yeah, that it I was says like. you're going
0: to fight in an arena right there.
1: Exactly. Where's my fight? You know, <laughs> where I was really kind of like, do I need to actually contact this person and be like, I really think this is a great idea? Let me f- help you find people to connect you with to make this a more polished product. That sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, it does. But I mean, if it's something that would be enjoyable for lots of people, you know, it's worth it. And unfortunately, I just didn't see this being
0: enjoyable. I have a better idea. Let's hmm. just call them out on the internet, and then they can go and, and fix it. Yeah. Because done and done. Wow.
1: <laughs> wow. So, at Thomas A. Cook on That's Twitter. Twitter.
0: <laughs> All right. So, uh, that is this weekend. What the hell is going on? on Twitch? <laughs> Twi- Twitter? Twitter uh, uh, nope. Nope. Kickstarter.
1: Should we just start from the beginning? Because I feel like you have no idea what happened at I am, all. I am
0: not starting from the beginning, I'll tell you that right now. Um you know you know what we haven't even looked at is Indiegogo. But I, I just have a feeling Listen
1: that, to me, I'm like who? So
0: the other I mean other crowdfunding sites I've stopped looking at. I think mostly because those are definitely they don't have the all or nothing element. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay, you just gave this guy four bucks and you're not going to get anything and it's like eh, thanks okay. for
1: the four bucks yeah yeah, yeah there is some element of excitement for a kickstarter and especially to see um people do well yeah it is
0: exciting to see people do well um but it's also interesting to see why things don't
1: mm-hmm. go
0: well as as well so we, we will continue to find gems like these um and hopefully ours next one does not fall into this category Oh,
1: but speaking of gems that are close yes. to being closed and funded, I think last week's WIC, we talked about Mastermunk Gaming.
0: We did. Um, in fact, why don't we bring that up here? So cool. Um, it is funded, but it is not. You know, closed yet? It's gone. It's only gone up, you know, a thousand bucks or so since we were last here. Um, and these are. This is. So this is amazing quality. Um, Dice trays,
1: mm-hmm. handcrafted. handcrafted. So it is crafted. not machine made. These are not yeah. made by. They are not stamped out on a press. Um, they are actually. I want to use the word whittled. I know that's not they, right. No, but I just, mean.
0: I mean, they're 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 definitely. Like um, in my
1: head, I'm just like whittling the wood.
0: Yeah, they're not whittled. You know, they make each piece and then they're, they're put together. Um, but you know, like the like all of their pens and their pencils are actually put on a lathe and you know chiseled.
1: Close to whittling.
0: That one, the pens are close to whittling. Okay. Anyway, so Master Monk, they are friends of the show. Um, we will have more news about that type of stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. But, but. Let me I, use the
1: word whittle one more time, please. I, whittle adjacent. Okay, go ahead. Finish. All right, I'm done. I'm done. I
0: interviewed uh, TJ. I worked. Yes. So, uh, but Thomas
1: got to talk to TJ. I
0: got to talk <laughs> to TJ um, about the Oracle Dice Box and kind of how things are going in the RPG world right now, mm-hmm. how their company's doing, um, what it's like without conventions. Uh, you will find out uh, most of their income, their sales, are at conventions because when you see this stuff in person, I know it's, it's, it's hard to see right now, um, but when you see this stuff in person, you really, like gotta have it and in fact that's what happened to me at origins (laughs) when i saw this walnut piece they actually make a they actually make a dice tower that i kind of like
1: okay anyway so anyway without further ado should we uh roll the interview
0: let's go to the interview let's go to the interview all right welcome everybody we have tj with us from master monk gaming how are you doing today all right how about you I am getting through this. <laughs> yeah, aren't we all, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, for those of uh, for those of you out there who who don't know who Master Monk Gaming are, could you tell us a bit about what what the company is and and what you guys do? Yeah. So um, we make tabletop accessories
2: for you know Dungeons and Dragons uh, board games, whatever, um, out of wood. You know, it's it's more for us something about giving. Giving something that like brought us together as a family, you know, growing up and being a part of that community. So it was just being so able to make those things for, you know, like dice trays, dice boxes, um, dice towers. Um, we, we have a few boards out there for different board games um, that we make um, custom. So
0: Gotcha. I, I totally came unprepared because my dice tray is on the table over there. It's, well, I mean, like right now we're in a
2: position where like no one's really using a whole lot of dice trays, you know, oh, yeah. so I, I get it. Mine's actually stored away too. So I'm like waiting for the day I can actually see people again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it is weird because, you know, sometimes, sometimes we're still streaming, you know, we're remote and everything, but I still like to roll dice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, not everybody is as trusting i guess is the word as everyone else so you know it's sometimes it's hey you have to put it in roll 20 sometimes you know as a a dm you know i like i like the dice and it's just it's way quicker than typing in a formula
2: yeah well just it just it feels better you know it yeah i mean we tried the whole roll 20 thing um fantasy grounds and like the group that I play with, it's just, it just wasn't for us. You know, there's nothing against those. Those are awesome, amazing, you know, uh, companies and programs that they run. Um, and I'm glad that they exist, but it's, you know, it takes away, I think, what we started playing for, at least, you know, for our group. Like we wanted, Russell right. was like a Friday night thing. We go and we play, we sit down, we have a beer. You know we're joking we're laughing we get to see and interact with each other we roll dice we get to see we're, we're all about like seeing the other person roll so like there's yeah. a, you know what I mean so like, <laughs> that was that's why if you've seen our dice razor they're, they're short wall right so everyone yeah. can see dice rolls, um, calls <laughs> you know, like I don't think you roll a 20 you know <laughs> um, yeah. but, you know and so that's what it was about so we tried that whole thing and we did it for one week and then we're like yeah I guess we'll just come back when this is all done <laughs>
0: Yeah, for, for us, it, it wasn't an option, you know, we, we've got studio space rent that is tied to streaming. Oh, so of course, yeah, you have to go. Like, have, have to go. Uh, we've, been, we've been fortunate, we've been amazing. Our community has stepped up and it's awesome. been great, uh, but we are really looking forward to coming back to real life. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep.
0: So, um, so let's talk about, because I have the, the, the Nomad Dice tray. Let's talk about kind of where that started. Cause that was a Kickstarter at one point too, wasn't it?
2: Yes, that was actually the first Kickstarter for Mastermind Gaming, um, was the dice tray. Um, That kind of came about um, mostly by, I don't want to say by accident, but um, it it was something that I made for the group of friends that I played with. um, And it was kind of the same concept, right? We wanted something that was portable, but lower tray walls um that could kind of fit everything that you needed into a game into one small you know package um and so i made a few of those for me and my buddies and we all loved them and so then we said okay hey let's you know me and my father we had already done uh different game boards and stuff kind of on the side you know And we said hey let's take this to kickstarter and start a business for you know the dnd scene uh, and, and see where it goes and so that's kind of what we started there and yeah i mean it's it's been awesome you know everyone loves them um it's one of those things for sure too. You kind of have to see how it works before you really understand. Right. It. Like first time you see it, everyone's like, it's just a stupid box, you know? And <laughs> I got a million of those. Right. Um, then when they see how it works, they're like, "Whoa, okay, uh, here's my money, you know? And, yeah. and for us, conventions were huge, right? So not having conventions right now is is a big deal because that was our major form of marketing, you know? Right. Um, and so we're having to transition everything to online and, you know, getting people... Getting getting better videos up there for us, you know. Um, but we're a very small company. We're only well, right now we're only uh, four people, but we were uh, eight people before. You know, it wasn't really a massive company, you know, or anything mm-hmm. like that. So uh, resources are always limited. You know, you don't have your marketing guy and your your guy that's making dice trays. And I was like, everyone kind of has all of these roles that they play um, and has to fulfill. And, you know, even if they don't know what they're doing, it's like, well, let's just fumble our way through and do the best that we can. So
0: that sounds exactly our business strategy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's, you know, any any business owner I've talked to, it's like, you know, what's the secret, but like, I don't know. I just, I just have no, I like just, no one knows what they're doing. You know, at the end of the day, you you have your ideas for what you think is going to work and you run with it, you know, and some things work and some things don't, and you adapt, you know, you adapt to the things that work and the things that don't.
0: Gotcha. So, so and then, so then uh, after that dice tray, then it was the dice tower.
2: Yes, correct. It yes. was a dice tower, um, magnetic dice tower. Um, and that one was a little uh, different than what's out there. Um, a lot of people are very familiar with formwood's dice tower. Um, ours is, is smaller um, to mm-hmm. fit that compact nature of what we wanted to do. Um, so it also fits inside the tray with the dice box. But it also like hooks onto the dice tray as well, so it gives you like a very small profile on a table, which is always a huge issue in California where space <laughs> is extremely expensive. You know, yeah, so like we don't exactly. get to have you know ten by eight gaming tables. Like that's our whole house, you know. So yeah, you, you've got to fit things into very small spaces. Um, so having dice trays where things, you know, like literally the tower can hang off the table. You know what I mean? Because it can hook yeah. on the tray. Um, and then and then the whole thing that the tower. Um, I can actually grab one real quick if you want.
0: Yeah, yeah go ahead and grab one.
2: Uh, yeah, you get the tray, then I got the, the the box that everyone sees and they're like, wow, that's so unimpressive. And then <laughs> you know, and then obviously it turns into the tray that you have. Yeah. Um and then the tower, right? So everything's magneted to itself. So you know, that way you can just take the, if, if all you want is a tower, you can just take the tower and chuck it in a bag and it works with any, any dice tray out there, which is one of the things, you know, we don't want everyone to like be forced to buy our products. Right. You know, but if right. they see this tower and they're like, I really like that tower, but I've got a dice tray from so-and-so we can say this still works, right. You don't need to buy our tray if you don't like our tray Buy someone else's tray, you know, right. but if you like our tower, it'll work with anyone's. And um, and I, probably-
0: I love the I love the size of it. I mean, cause I've seen some that are, you know, a, a little big, a little
2: bulky, they take up a lot of space on the mm-hmm. table, and where space is, is you know, a luxury, um, that's a big deal, so. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, you know, it just magnets together, everything's got labels on it, I don't know if you can see that, so mm-hmm. A, B, 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 and yeah, so, let's see, I'll put this together real quick, I'm terrible at doing things in front of a camera, so, we'll, uh. <laughs> I'm actually trying to get better at that right now. I started doing a lot of video stuff, so we'll see how. Right. And then there you go. So nice.
0: And that's and it still hits three places. Yeah. It's still, and then we,
2: we wanted to have three ramps on it. That's to make sure that your rolls are actually randomized. We did test with like two ramps, and uh, you could actually fudge rolls. I mean, it's a it's a pretty small statistic. You know, you're talking. A difference of like a few percentage, you know, but, right. Um, this was definitely way more randomized um, over like, I think like 1,500 rolls that uh, Wolf <laughs> and I did one night just to test it out. It was a long night. <laughs> so, and like, that's that's a perfect example of like something we should have totally videotaped.
0: Yeah. Shown the results
2: of and never did. And we're like, well, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Um, so those right. are the things we're gonna get better at, you know. So we gotta go back and do those tests again and show people.
0: But then um, you yeah. also have to you, you also have to like test your dice beforehand as well right you yeah test the dice
2: beforehand correct so you you start with just rolling a die in a dice tray you know um, and then you start then you go to the two ramps and you say okay the 1500 in each scenario right? right so we're talking yeah <laughs> i think there was we did like 6000 rolls that night I don't, it was a lot it was a lot of rolls um, and um, it was fun though you know just drinking <laughs> R and D is kind of tough job. Yeah, yeah, R and D is so hard. It's you know, (laughs) um, we always joke because it's always whatever. We we both like doing it, so we both claim that it's our job, you know, to do the R and D because we get to like take things and throw them at walls to see how hard it takes to break one. You know, Um, surprisingly, these things are really durable. Uh, He dropped his off a cliff once uh, while hiking by. He was trying to take photos of the dice tray set up you know, <laughs> on like a rock yeah. you know and he bumped it and it just tumbled down this mountain and he went down there and of course it's you know the woods all dented and stuff like that but the tray was perfectly right. fine like he could magnet it together and still use it and we fix it up and he uses it to this day <laughs> that's awesome
0: <laughs> yeah so i mean i know that uh, so you, you mentioned conventions that is that's actually where i got this one Uh, Wasn't a convention Um, that, and you got looking at your booth. um, It's like packed. And there were always, always people around, like just, yes, it's, I mean,
2: it's conventions is such a rush, you know, I mean, it's especially for us. I know, I know before we started doing conventions, everyone was like, well, you don't really go to conventions to make money. You just kind of go there to, you know, show face and help get your name out there. Right. Um, it was not the same for us. I mean, conventions have been so profitable because everyone sees our stuff and then they go tell their buddy. And then next thing you know, like, you know, we'll have like a little, we never have like a massive booth, you know, but our little tiny booth has so many people around it that, yeah, we can't even like if there's four or five of us, it's not enough, you know? Right. Um, and so this year we were, we had eight conventions lined up because, you know, that was, right. that was our marketing. That was our, how a lot of our business was designed around conventions. Um, And so, you know, we invested a lot into conventions this year. And of course now those aren't happening. So
0: it's, it's, uh,
2: I'm having to relearn how to do um, a lot more online marketing uh, and focus the (laughs) business back on that. And it's just, I hate, I absolutely hate marketing. Like marketing is, if I could think of the worst job in the world, that's probably that. Um, and so I'm looking at hiring a marketing company right now. There's a few I'm looking at, but um, you know, other than that, like it's, it's going great. So it's, I just miss people. <laughs> as, as I think do yeah. some of us, yeah. you know, um, I, my wife's more of introverted than I am. She likes to just read and she's like, Oh, people are okay. You know, but I love books. <laughs> so <laughs> nice. It works for some people, but I'm, I'm not that, I'm not that person. So.
0: Right. I, I am blessed that Amy is you, she would have been here, but she's, you know, working. Yeah more hours than she should but she you know has the job so that's yeah uh because she's you know we're doing the podcast we're doing you know gaming and stuff so you know at least we spend a lot of time together and it's always working you know but yeah
2: no i hear you i hear you no she actually uh just started a new job where she can work from home right before all this happened like magically somehow so
0: (laughs) (laughs) kind of worked out for her very lucky that is awesome so um, let's talk about, I guess, uh, let's talk about the Oracle dice box. Yeah. Yeah, so there, you is, have two dice boxes.
2: I, we have, yeah, I mean really we have three different inside cuts for the current one and then the, the Oracle has two different versions as well. Uh, let me go grab those real quick. So uh, these are the Oracle dice boxes. Um, the idea is that you can actually see your dice inside of your, your dice box. So for a lot of there's a lot of people that collect dice. Uh, I'm one of them. Um, I probably shouldn't, but I do. I
0: know. <laughs> I, some... I I I one day found out that I had a very rare Chessex set of dice. Was it and the Aquarbal? No, it was the uh, the Orange Borealis.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had a buddy that um, <laughs> found a set of the Aquarbal ones.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, he was looking for some dice, and he just. Pulls them out of a giant bin of dice and he puts them on the table and he starts rolling them right for like a session. I'm like, mm-hmm. do you know what you have right there? And he was like, I don't know, just crappy set of dice. <laughs> and exactly. I told him how much they were worth and he was like, oh. And so now he puts them in a he like put them in like a mason jar and he set someone like a mantle just to taunt all of us because he won't nice. He won't part with them. He doesn't collect dice, but he just happened to have them. And I I want them, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. As, so. Is, but these are That's perfect, it. right? So like he yeah, actually exactly. he's getting one of these for exactly that set of dice now, right? <laughs> now he can just play it. And then if he ever actually wants to take them somewhere, he can just grab that and go, right? He knows those are the dice that are in that dice box, you know? Right. Um, so for dice collectors, these are really perfect. They still have foam inside that protects the dice, so which is really important for us. Um, just kind of take some of these out so you can see the pockets. Um, and they fit in there. Snugly. You know, that's that, one of the things we're working on is that. Um, and then, of course, you know, Magnus keep everything safe and little features here and there. You know, if you go to the Kickstarter page, it kind of shows everything um, mm-hmm. in detail. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're actually a lot of fun to make. Um, we did a soft release of those at PAX. Oh, gosh, I'm going to get this wrong. One of the PAXs. Um, and we sold out of them the first day. Uh, we okay. brought, I think, 75 and they were gone like like that um and we didn't even have like a decent wait we, we had like just two slats of foam in there because we weren't really sure which direction we wanted to go with the foam yet and it didn't really work very well when we told people like hey you know message us um once the kickstarter is done and we'll send you the foam that we land on right that way you're not just getting this crappy piece of foam that we was kind of like a half thought right right yeah um and so you know a lot of people have come back and said hey you know this is awesome just sending this message um and we'll give them that foam of course but yeah so it's They've been a big hit. Um, yeah, it's 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 fun. You know, I love making this stuff. It's I'm Can excited because take- I've got so many of these stupid things now, and my dice are actually starting to go in them already. So nice. <laughs> what we talk a
0: bit? Let's talk a little bit about the woodworking aspect of it. Yeah. Um, like, you do woodworking. You also your dad does wood, woodworking as well. Like, what yes. what is what does it look like? Like what do you do where and all that other stuff? Right. So
2: most of the manufacturing actually happens in Kentucky, where my father is. Um, so he's our head of production. Um, I mostly do prototyping and the inlay. So anything that's like um, got like wooden inlays on it, uh, I do on my end. Um, for a long time, I was doing the uh, the dice trays, um, but we actually have a guy that we contract that out to now. That's on my father's end as well. So he's making the trays now. Um, he got spun up and taught, um, probably like two months ago, like not even that long ago. Like he took that over I mean, he's been absolutely amazing. Um, Ed, um, but yeah, I mean, and then I mostly just focus on, you know, all the little things that need to happen to make a business continue, you know, um, right. marketing outreach interviews, you know, um, conventions if they ever happen again. <laughs> so, uh, and then we've got uh, wolf. He's in, um, in LA. And he mostly focuses on, he he does all of our pen work. So any pen that gets made, he's hes the one that made it. Okay. And then he's also really the one that ensures that the conventions happen. So he's kind of been in a place where there's really nothing for him to do for his main job, which is running the convention, you know, like making sure we have everything when we go to conventions. and
0: Right. Who, you know, meetings,
2: he sets up all the meetings that we're going to have and stuff like that. So he's mostly just doing pens now
0: um which there's one there got
2: yeah, yep yeah. you've got one of the uh <laughs> yeah, one of this the, is... one of the ones without the clip on it we started adding clips now so nice
0: yeah I uh, it's a pencil I like it I like how it just fits in there too
2: yeah yeah it goes on the lid and can't complain so but yeah no I mean I love woodworking that's actually why we started doing this is I I, I thought I was like yeah I get to do woodworking for a living I don't do that much woodworking anymore <laughs> yeah um you know I, I think one day the dream is I can have someone else run the business for me when I'm like, oh, yeah. don't want to anymore. And then I'll just go back to making stuff and sending it to people. So
0: nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I took a Patreon uh, survey today and it was, you know, for creators who have stuff. And one of the questions was, you know, on a scale from one to six where one is fully creative and six is just the business side. It's like, where do you like to be I'm like that is just no, you know, I'm like, ah, uh, I like to be just over here in one. Yeah, you know? I love I love this, but I'm yeah. like for <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah. But instead, my day is one six one six. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like, I ah. completely understand. <laughs> you know, and it's
2: it, it keeps it exciting, though, right? I mean, it's never the same thing every day, and uh, you know, I guess I'm it, it's it's a learning. I, I'm always learning, you know. So yeah, can't complain about yeah. that. Um, and then one thing that I also get to do too is any anytime we have like a special project, um I get to work on those for the most part. Uh Wolf will sometimes come up and help me. Uh, obviously right now that's kind of not really a thing. His wife actually works at hospitals. So he can't really go anywhere and so <laughs> right. you know any reason. So yes, yeah, so like special projects like I, I love working with charities. Um and this is another thing I'm terrible at is marketing what we do to help people out, trying to get better at that. But um Jasper's game day is actually one of them. Um, and I know you've heard of them um, and we're actually doing a bunch of dice boxes. Can we back up and, and yeah, uh, tell us about Jasper Jasper's game day? Okay. So Jasper's game day for those of you that don't know. So um, it's run by a girl named Fenway and I think she just turned 17 if I'm not mistaken, but she's been doing this for several couple years now. Um, and it started, she had a, her, her best friend growing up uh, his name was Jasper and they committed suicide um and you know i think we've all had someone in our life for various reasons um who may have committed suicide you know whether it's um depression usually that's obviously you know an underlying cause of it but Mm -hmm. um you know a a broken family um coming who knows you know there's so many issues i I come from the military you know so for me uh, i've had two friends personally commit suicide um, and that was always, you know, one of those things that was really hard, you know. Um, and so this is this particularly focuses on teen suicides, um, but they raise money for awareness for that. And then they they take that with gaming. So tabletop gaming and they say, OK, how can we reach out to these people that, you know, just sometimes just need someone to to let them know that they're there for them, you know, and give them a safe place to be. And that, that's what Jasper Game Day is. Um, And it's, it's absolutely amazing. Um, There's a lot of celebrities that actually get involved. Um, One of the big ones in our community is Satine Phoenix. She actually helps out with Benway um, every year and they're going to be doing a bunch of now online (laughs) uh, games this year. And so we're still trying to, I I think for everyone, it was a little bit of like, okay, how do we make this work? Um, Especially from our end. And we hadn't, you know, everyone was kind of in a scramble with, with the self quarantining and figuring out, how to run their business that way. Um, and then so Wolf actually reached out to her and said, hey, is this still happening? Because it wasn't happening in April anymore. And this was like a week ago. She was like, yeah, it's still happening. It's happening in May now. Um, and so I was like, wow, that's not a lot of time. Um, and so we're going to try to help them out the best that we can there. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of what Jasper's game day is. It's it's really awesome.
0: So Okay. That's awesome that you're involved in that. Let's see. So we last week, we talked about the Oracle Dice box yes. on our kickstarter portion of this podcast which is becoming expensive <laughs> <laughs> is as because as amy would say it is a if if she finds something on kickstarter that's interesting enough to talk about she wants to back it <laughs> yeah it's like oh oh yeah okay i guess that makes sense i'm the same um, way
2: um, yeah it's
0: it's it's expensive. Yeah, you know <laughs> Especially and then there's when there's not- dice
2: involved. I'm like, oh crap.
0: <sighs> yeah. How how have you found uh some of the Kickstarters? You know, I mean obviously Kickstarter is a risk, potential yes. risk, uh, because things might not fulfill or just Yeah. I'm
2: so I'm I'm a research person. Um I dig and I dig and I dig. I have never backed a Kickstarter that's failed. Um, and I've backed, I don't know, dozens and dozens of Kickstarters. Um, so I, I know, I guess, the signs, you know, and, and if it's something, it's not to say that I'm not immune to that, right? But um, I always make sure with,
1: you know, I don't just read their
2: risks and assessments and say, sounds good to me. And then back, them, right. you know what I mean? Um, I look at the whole whole picture and I say, okay, do these guys really have their stuff together? do they have previous successful Kickstarters? That's always a big one, right? If they have previous successful Kickstarters, that's always a, at least a good sign. Um, even then something can happen, but you know, and that's usually the biggest thing. If they got some previous ones that went, you know, there's always gonna be hiccups, but as long as they went decently and they, you know, they're learning from their mistakes, they're making things happen, you can say, okay, this is this is something I can back, you know? Um, so yeah, and then that's, <laughs> I don't know. What about you? Like, what's, what's your, have you had any bad experiences with, uh, I mean, yeah. Yes. <laughs> did, um, did you do goat dice? Cause I did not. No, I did okay. not. I was, I was, I was thinking about it and I did my research. I was like, this guy seems a little
0: sketchy and sure enough, um, I was a little sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's been good. I think, you know, now we're trying to back smaller stuff, you know, with Yeah. $10 pin, yeah it supports somebody but at the same time i'm not gonna go broke doing it
2: right well and like the way i look at it too is like when i see the the larger campaigns i usually say okay i can get this afterwards even if they have like the exclusive stuff like this is only on kickstarter you know those are the things i'm like "Eh, i'm not really that interested you know Uh, i'd rather back the smaller part like if you know i'm not i'm not a rich guy i'm not gonna i can't back everything so if i'm going to back something you're right like i always try to find those smaller projects and say okay These guys, you know, this might only ever be on Kickstarter. You know, Um, some people that they kickstart and that's it. You know, right? Um, I know there's like a deck of cards that I I can't think of the guy's name right now, Um, but it's like little one-shot encounters cards,
0: right? Yeah, and that's all he does. You know,
2: so he comes out with one like every couple months or whatever, different deck of cards, and only ever gets you know fifteen, maybe thirty thousand, nothing crazy. Sometimes less, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but they're always great, you know, and it's a small you know just a guy just trying to make a little extra money on the side he's always reliable you know that they they come within a window of when he said they would and i never actually check it but they they seem to come when i would expect them you know so i'm like oh cool these are here i guess i'll use them um but yeah no it's i'm i'm, I'm the exact same way those smaller projects are where it's at so
0: yeah nice um so i mean i think you know talking about you know so the woodworking the dice trays and stuff uh feel free to touch on this or don't if you don't want to um you know, you're running a Kickstarter now, which is, you know, a smaller Kickstarter. Yes. Um, there's a 800-pound gorilla that also does stuff. What is it? What is it? How is it? Well, you know, how as a business are you competing or, or cooperating or, you know, like competition type stuff? You know, yeah. how, what do you guys, how do you guys live okay. in the marketplace? So um, I'd say
2: pretty amicably for the most part. Um, you know, I got to meet, uh, Doug at, I think it was PAX Unplugged. Um, I'm terrible with the names of conventions. (laughs) I just go where Wolf tells me to go. Um, but no, I got to meet them there. Um, that was interesting. Um, the really nice group of guys that work there for, you know, I think for the most part, everything went as, as well as could be. Um, he liked our stuff. We told him, you know, we like your stuff um it seemed to be as peaceful as possible um he actually really liked the oracle dice boxes as well He was like man i wish i thought of this kind of thing you know um i th- i think you know the, they're the 800 pound gorilla because they, they kind of got there first right they, they were the first ones to yeah. really start to, they, they were the first company to take things off of etsy right because like before that like yeah everything kind of already existed you know like yes we could get magnetic dice towers and dice boxes you know but it was only on etsy from like very small people you know they might have like three or four and then you'd have to wait like 50,000 years until they made another one you know kind of thing um or you know it's like for us um i was in hawaii when i got my first uh set of stuff i had a dice tower that i got that was magnetic and it was actually made by um Mil, uh, military guy out there for deployment right so it was like perfect it wasn't exactly what you see now right but like mm-hmm. it was like super duper strong magnets like probably too strong just so that you could <laughs> throw it in a sea bag right and then right. go these and not have to worry about pieces going everywhere um and then it, it had like a it, it like it just went into a dice tray right um there wasn't like lid or like like ours where it comes apart or anything like that and that's kind of actually where i took some of the inspiration for that too um, and of course, you know, like seeing their products, we take some inspiration from them. We take inspiration from wherever we can get it and say, okay, what's the best of everything and how do we, how do we put, you know, the, the features that we like, that we think some people would like together. Um, but yeah, so I mean, they're, you know, it's as
0: amicably as, I'm, as, I'm as can be. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, so what, I mean, what else, what else do you want to kind of talk about? You know, is there anything that we didn't, we didn't touch on about, you know, really what can, can people go and buy this stuff? That's a question. Yes,
2: they can actually, they can go on our website. They can, and they can buy, um, everything except for the Oracles right now, um, can be purchased from the website. Uh, you can also get everything on the Kickstarter as well. So like for a lot of people are like, well, I don't need it right now. So I'll just get it on the Kickstarter and then hopefully by the time this whole quarantine thing's done and my new dice tray, dice boxes and all that comes in, I can actually use them. Um, And so we're getting a few people that are like kind of in that boat, you know. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's. I'd say that's, you know, that's the website, you know, is is our our biggest thing right now. You can't go to a convention and buy these like you used to be able to. Man, it's it's crazy, <laughs> you know. It's it's really crazy. Yeah.
0: How so. how would it? So how is? Um, I mean, so how is inventory and, and that type of stuff? Inventory I mean, is great. Uh, inventory
2: is something that we struggled with in the past. Um,
0: this because um, we were
2: selling things so fast that we couldn't keep up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were finally getting caught up to where um, we were going to go to GaryCon this past year. of course, Gary got canceled, but, like, that was the first convention that we were going to go to where we actually had the amount of products to bring that we wanted to bring. And so when that (laughs) didn't happen, all of that just went back into online inventory. So it kind of solved our own problem (laughs) of not having inventory because we were like, well, let's see if this all sells out at Gary because Gary comes a smaller convention, right? So um, we weren't expecting to do what we would do at, say, like, um, like origins or packs, you know, something like that. But um, there would have still been a lot of sales that came from that. So, like, not having the inventory goes into online. So, inventory has been great right now because we're not okay. having to shuffle conventions and online. So,
0: gotcha. And what is what is like? I guess what would is the is the the biggest seller? Wallet, hundred percent. Wallet. Okay.
2: Hands down. Cool. Like that's probably fifty percent. That, of that one. That's that one. Yep. yep. It's for, I, I think it's the right, it's one, the wood is not that expensive, right? For us to buy. So we can get, we can get walnut. I mean, it's, you got ash, red oak, they're around the same price point, you know, give or take. Um, mm-hmm. and then it's pretty much cherry and walnut are the next cheapest ones that we work with. And walnuts, dark color so it works with a lot of you know anything dark can work with pretty much any color and so i think that's why people say well i don't know what i want they gravitate towards walnut you know um it's easy to work with for us so it's probably the easiest way that we work with too so that helps bring you know cost down because we everything's priced by difficulty to work it and and then the wood cost right um so walnut all around is just it's a good price point
0: it's good looking wood.
2: You know, yeah. there's nothing to complain about
0: with it. It was absolutely my favorite. Like, going through it, like, as soon as I saw this one, I'm like, OK, that's exactly what I want.
2: Yeah, you know? yeah, I mean, the only other one that people, like, maybe want more is usually, like, Wenge uh, or Ebony, but they're like, I don't want to pay that much for it. I was <laughs> so like, yeah, I don't yeah. blame you. So
1: <laughs> I don't I even have, don't... have an
2: Ebony tray that I roll in. I uh Mine is Wenge, but it's a messed up Wenge. And I was like, well, this one has character. And <laughs> so I play with the character.
0: So I guess uh, you you are a woodworking person, so so we can talk about how to actually pronounce paddock or
2: ah okay so or... I say uh, I say paddock right
0: okay right
2: the problem is um I hear I hear most people I hear say uh, paddock right some say paduk some say pad oak like like oak tree right right. Um, if you look at it all comes down to the origin for that particular word, I actually don't know. Um, wenge is another interesting one, right? So some people call it wenge and some people call it wenge. Um, and if you call certain lumber yards and you say the wrong word, they legitimately will get angry at you and it's different, <laughs> right? So I know when we were first, you know, uh finding suppliers for everything, we would call, like, hey, do you have any Wenge? Like, no, what's it look like? You know, we'd explain it to them, like, Oh, you mean Wenge? And we're like, yeah, they're like, no, nah, that's not how you say it, it's wench, you know? It's like, <laughs> calm down, you know, like, and so, um, and then, you know, you look up the origins of certain words, and it really just depends, is really what it comes down to. Um, for wenge, the local tongue says wenge, but then the translation would technically correctly be wench, right? So it's like, you know, you can argue both ways, I guess, in, in okay. a lot of these cases. So as long as you stick to one of those, you know, bit of acceptable terms, I think you're okay. <laughs> gotcha.
0: Nice. All right. Um, is there any, anything else you want to touch on? Oh man. Uh, yeah, there's
2: a few things actually. So, okay. um, an interesting one that a lot of people run into is with, with paddock. Um, it'll get white, like a white powdery looking substance on it. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Um, it's, it's a fungus, um, that grows. It, it's, it's, the tree requires that fungus to actually grow. And then when you cut it down, it still kind of lives in the wood. It's not harmful or anything like that, but like after you finish it, after you do everything to it, put, you know, we put like a wax finish on it and everything. It'll still come through the surface a little bit. Right. And people call us all the time. be like, uh, it's turning white. And we're like, yeah, just wipe it off. Like there's nothing you can really do about it. You know, I'd say nine, not 90, like maybe like 70% of the paddock that people get, they'll get a little spot here and there that that happens to. And it's a problem with like, you know, fine woodworkers around the world. Uh, you right. go to like woodworking forums are like, oh, I'm freaking out. I just made this like really nice chess set that this guy bought for like $5,000 and his paddock pieces are turning white. What do I do? You know, and it's like, calm down. That's all you got to do. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Um So that's always an interesting one for us. Um And that's the only one that we, that we work with that that happens to. But there is a few other ones that it works with. Um... I'd say the last thing, though, that I would like to talk about is kind of switching back to Jasper's game day. Just because I I love those guys. Um, And we are doing. So we're going to do. I'm trying to think. They have some uh, um, some reward levels on their website right now. And on those reward levels, there's going to be a few of our dice boxes. And then there's also going to be some that are going to be auctioned live during the shows so one of the versions and i'm actually still finishing these but one of them is that reverse for you no that's right that looks that's right perfect. okay, okay cool. yep. so, yeah so um that's just that that's going to be our engraved um box and it's you know it says jasper's game day and it says uh, every role matters mm-hmm. um, nice and then this is going to be one of the ones that gets auctioned off
0: oh nice so
2: we're doing we're doing um I think I got seven of these right now. So as long as I don't scrap any, there will be seven of these um, going to them. And I think that's all I can say. Like some of it's a little bit secretive mostly for, yeah. So I can't really talk about everything that's happening, but yeah, we're giving that to them. So if you guys, if if anyone wants to support a really, really amazing cause, be sure you check out Jasper's game day. It's just jaspersgameday.com. There's going to be, like I said, there's a whole bunch of celebrities that are going to be streaming, uh, streaming live. Uh, Satine Phoenix is one of them. That's the only one I can think of off the top of my head because I am terrible with names. Um, there's a few other ones on there. Uh, Fenway herself is gonna be jamming um, some games. I know that they were auctioning off those seats and they're I think they're already completely sold out, but you can watch those live. So, and then there also will be auctions going on during those live shows, at least for one of our products. I don't know about anything else that they might have going on, but
0: that's one thing that they're gonna be doing, so. Gotcha, that's cool, that is awesome. No, it was no. Is that inlay? That that is inlay. Yeah.
2: So this one was right here was inlay, uh, and that's paddock with walnut, um, and that's going to be on the May third to the seventh. If anyone wants to check that out, it's, it's, it's a whole week, really. So, gotcha. Cool. We'll we'll also be on periodically to talk to people. So, very
0: cool. All right. Uh, so everybody, thank you, uh, TJ. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's been awesome. Uh, the Kickstarter is still live, so go down. There's a link down below. You can click it. Um, get your Oracle Dice Boxes. Put them in your Nomad Dice Trays. And hopefully you are in person soon and you can actually roll. Yeah, yes. and hopefully we'll actually
2: get to meet and I can shake your hand again and say hi and we can
0: play a game <laughs> or something, right? Nice. Awesome. So thanks. Right. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it.
1: And welcome back. That was a terrible interview how dare you
0: I think you need to <laughs> stop well no no I won't say you need to stop working let's uh, no let's back that up um, you need to be no no, no. I will, okay I will schedule uh, interviews while you are I around. like
1: how you How's actually that? took me seriously there for a minute you're, <laughs> I was like that was terrible you're like yeah I know <laughs>
0: Well, you know uh, you weren't there
1: thank you that's so sweet <laughs>
0: We, um, um,
1: you want to talk about the poll in the back?
0: No, no. We'll
1: just, we'll just let that go. Let's just let that totally go. Totally fine. All right. So, um, Mastermind Gaming. Yeah. You have, as of the time we record this, you have 13 days to buy their stuff.
0: Yes. Um, and you should, uh, you should back this stuff. This is interesting, high quality stuff. I know that some of the wave two, wave one and wave two stuff is already sold out. Mm-hmm. So, wave three. Um, or you can get the whole, the whole, the whole ball of wax for Oracle dice boxes, plus mm-hmm. an Oracle temple. I believe the temple is what you use to display all of your dice boxes. Uh, look, there are people out there who collect dice, and there are people that really should have a I... dice box to display those dice. I sold my expensive dice as soon as I found out how much they were <laughs> worth. I'm like, they're worth how much? eBay. Mm-hmm.
1: No, but I could see that I mean now that you've sort of cat out of the bag and you sold your expensive dice I was gonna get you one of those but now not so whatever
0: but I still have dice that I like dice that I think I mean the okay the the, the green maple hmm which is the borealis don't anybody tell you it's old OG borealis in new dice oh God. go buy well, we don't go. go buy them now because I'm, go. I'm gonna I'm gonna corner the market in them I've already started I have like 20 d20s
1: D okay whatever so I was gonna buy you a little like dice display thing for all of your aurora borealis
0: why well, I, I think I think that's
1: or did you do that without telling me
0: oh I did not no. okay
1: good no. Okay, good. Oh
0: no, I did I did I did talk to TJ though about doing some stuff for us and he is going to be doing some, some well, stuff. Well that's for cool. Us. Anyway. Yes.
1: So before we spend more money on things that neither of us need but want desperately. Yes.
0: Master monk gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh okay. So that was a while ago that I spent the money on that. That was worth
1: it. I'm trying to wrap this up and walk away with worth your, it. walk away with this. Because not only that I thought. How is
0: Aaron going to keep his butter knife up if you take that.
1: That sounds like a personal problem, that he's got to <laughs> solve. Honestly, that sounds like him and his... The trajectory of his butter knife is not my problem.
0: All right, on that <laughs> bombshell, uh, we're going to wrap it up, and we're going to come back um, next week uh, with our interview with...
1: Oh, Renaud. Baton. Oh, stop saying his name <laughs> like that. It's so bad. It All just right. hurts me inside. I'm, whatever.
0: (laughs) All right, so thank you for watching, and we will see you next time for episode six.